Hi, I'm Shane, and I want to welcome you to Fan the Flame Revival Network's podcast series, Walking Out Revival. We have a passion to see revival become a lifestyle and a movement. And just as Paul encouraged Timothy to fan into flame the gift of God given to him, we also want to join with you to build a community that encourages, challenges, and equips everyone to engage with God's calling for their life. We believe that when we, the church, take God's commission and run with it, we will see Jesus transform cultures and nations through the power of the gospel. In this podcast, you will see how everyday people like you and I walk out personal revival and live a life of joyful pursuit of Jesus. This is Fan the Flame Revival Network. Leo, hey man, how are you doing? Talk to me. I'm doing blessed. It's such a privilege to be here with you. <laughs> well, I'm excited. I got to catch you. You're, you're not easy to catch these days. <laughs> we, I think we tried for six months to actually catch up and hang out, but I finally caught you after prayer meeting. So I'm, I'm excited to be able to, to talk with you and interview about your life. So tell me a little bit about yourself, your past, your history, and, and uh, how awesome you think you are. I'm just kidding. You're awesome. You're amazing. I love you. Tell me. Okay, well, my name is Leo Lana. I'm one of 12 in the family. My dad and my mom were pastors. Um, I've been through a, a, a journey. At the age of 16, I lost my mom to a tragic car accident. I lost my mom in a tragic car accident and lost my uncle and uh, went through a very difficult season. But it's so powerful to see that even though you're going through one of the worst times in your life, you could still see the hand of God, how he works it all out for our good. It's in that tragedy that I made the decision to give my life completely to God and tell him, God, you know what? Life doesn't mean nothing to me without my mom, but if you allowed her to leave, then I don't, if I'm gonna leave, I wanna live for you. And I wanna see Jesus and I wanna see my parents, my mom in heaven again. And I remember home alone, I, I made the commitment to serve God. Then after that, I just, I've been singing as a little kid, um, but I don't know what happened at the age of 14, 15. Uh, I would try singing and I sounded so horrible and so disgusting <laughs> that I remember that when my family made a recording, uh, the director, the, the the one that was recording the, the radio, he didn't want me to record. He was like, I just want your sister to record. She's got a beautiful voice. And there I was really trying to sing one or two songs. And when he said, okay, if you're going to sing a song, I felt like he kind of just really gave me a difficult time. And I recorded, the, I recorded the songs. And when I recorded the songs, I remember that, um, they didn't come out real good. They came out really, really bad. And I, I think it's also had to do the stress that he caused me. But I remember my brother would tell me that he went with a band and they would go traveling. And whenever they wanted to laugh or have humor, they would pull out my CD and my song so they could laugh at me. <laughs> Leo, I, I am so sorry. How, how have you recovered from that? I'm, I I don't know what to do about that when, when your own recording becomes becomes the comic strip that people use to laugh that's pretty bad so you, do you still make people laugh now that you're in church and you sing do, do people just record you and laugh or what no i really believe that i think that uh, god knew my heart and he knew that i i wanted to sing because i wanted to worship him and i know that god requires excellence from us and if we're going to do things we got to do it to the best of our ability so i started praying and i asked god give me the ability to sing help me to master this and of course, there was time that I started doubting if that was my ministry, but the Lord would bring to my mom. As a little kid, my mom would make me stay next to her on the piano, and she would make me sing, even though I wanted to be playing outside with all my brothers. Mm -hmm. And God was showing me this was not on purpose. This was not a co co coincidence. This was 
purpose. I was already orchestrating that you were going to be singing psalms and singing worship to me. And uh, so even though I've had a difficult journey, I've, I feel like God's taken me to a place that when I look back, I can see that where I'm at right now, it's because of his, it's because of him that I'm where I'm at right now, because I don't sing the way I used to sing. And when I see when I'm singing those high notes and when I'm doing things with my voice that I could never do, I know that it's because he's given me the ability to sing because I've asked him. Yeah. So if you've ever heard Leo, you'll know that this guy has a very powerful, amazing, anointed voice. And it's it's a beautiful thing to hear and listen to. So, yeah, I mean, God has really it's 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 not a it's it's definitely something everyone knows. Like God has to have blessed Leo because of of just the the amount of favor on his life and everything. So, you know, I just want to say thank you for for sticking with it. Mm-hmm. Um, talk talk about that because um, you know, I heard you weren't the most buff person either, <laughs> but now you're like a rock and you don't even need to work out and you're just naturally you know muscles pop up every day and and. <laughs> but. Yeah, talk about that. I'd love to, I'd love to hear more about that because I know, um, you know, for, for there's a lot of younger people listening to this. Like we're thinking, okay, maybe we have a clue of, of where God's leading us. And, you know, what does it look like when you, you look at your work and you're thinking, man, I'm skinny or man, like I have an awful voice. Like how do you go through that? Like what was your heart? Because I know right now, like your heart is so full on worship that it's, maybe not even a performance thing. It's just something it's, it comes natural to you and, and it's something you love to do. So talk, talk about the journey. Well, I'm going to be totally honest with you. The journey was not, it was, it was long. And I will tell you one thing that it was, a, it was, I felt like God was developing me and teaching me. Uh, it was really hard because for many years I did go through a lot of ridicule and a lot of people didn't believe in, in my ministry, didn't believe that I was called to sing. Many times even my own family and my own brother-in-laws would tell me, you're not, you're not cut out to sing. That's not your gift. That's not your ministry. And it would hurt me. And I would get so discouraged, but I would find my strength and I would find my comfort in God. Uh, and not only that, but then they would make fun of me because physically I was super skinny. I mean, I was, I'm six foot tall. And then I, I weighed 130 pounds. Even a size 26 waist was loose on me. I felt like when the wind blew, it kind of blew me away. So, <laughs> you know, I went through, you know, and I felt like God just started working in even the little details. I mean, somebody made fun of me in Mexico and just, they said, uh, they ridiculed me in front of everybody that I was real skinny. And I needed to get physical, some song from Olivia and John. And I remember that day just getting back to the United States and just saying, God, I really need to work out because I don't want to be the ridicule of anybody else. I remember circling around the gym parking lot like a lot, a lot of times before I got the courage to walk in, sign up. And I started working out and it, it's it been a journey. But I remember God, when I look back in retrospect, I see God leading my footsteps. He wanted me to be healthy. He wanted me to, to not be ashamed. He wanted me to be confident in who he made me to be. Mm-hmm. And maybe I feel like maybe there's some people that I'm speaking to that maybe you feel like you don't have much to offer to God. And you feel like there's a lot of people that have better resources, better abilities and but you know what? God doesn't look at the exterior. He looks at the heart. And and I feel like when, when you trust him, he'll not only give you the physical, he'll also give you the he'll give you the ability. He'll he'll just make everything possible. He's the only one that can just take you from zero to ten if you trust him. Because God only looks at the heart. That's all he looks at. 
that is, that's amazing. I love that. You know, um, when God puts a desire in your heart, he always comes through exceedingly more than, than what we have at that moment. And, you know, sometimes we look at the exterior and, and, and think that's a, that's a guidepost for, for how we're doing. And we don't realize that there's an inside work that has to happen in our hearts there. You know, God places seeds, like you're saying, like he places seeds on the inside. And sometimes it takes time for the fruit to be produced. But I think he said it like, so well, like stick with it, like stay with it persevere. and know that persevere and know that God's, God's looking at your heart. And when you have a heart that's fully just surrendered to him, like just wait, like, you know, it, it becomes more than just an act or a duty. It becomes that, that form of worship. So, um, so here's a question for you. What are you, what are you passionate about? Well, just like I, one, one thing that I'm very passionate about, it's about singing worship to God. And it's not about the platform. It's not about the audience. Cause I can just be home alone or home with my brother. And, I'll be singing for like three or four hours just worshiping God. I know some of my brother gets annoyed with me because I'm always singing, but I've had the most powerful experiences home alone, just me and God. And I feel like if I know how to worship God in secret, he's going to open the platform for me to do it in public. I think we all need that moment when we worship him in our private time. There's a quote like this from Bill Johnson. He says, make history with God and he'll make history through you. And I think it's so important. David spent time alone with God. And a lot, of, you know, it's interesting. Like David wasn't thinking of creating a theological discourse with the Psalms, but it became so deep in Revelation. We, it, he's one of the first people that talked in, I believe it's Psalm 20, where he talks about Christ mm -hmm. and and all these different things. And he created the, the tabernacle of David, which was 24 seven worship, which was really a foreshadow of something that was reserved for the new Testament. And he brought it into the old Testament. I mean, he just like stepped it up and the Holy spirit was with him, even though like, you know, he was considered a King and a prophet and all of these things, like he grabbed promises that almost would seem reserved for, for, for the thousands and thousands of years later, because his heart was just to seek God. And it says in, in Isaiah, it says that David was a shepherder of sheep. So God chose him to shepherd a nation. And we sometimes don't see the process is actually the process is what qualifies us for the palace. You know, it's, it's what actually prepares us for that kingdom that he wants to hand to us. And if we can learn to be faithful in the, the small things in the here and now, I think that it's the heart condition that God's working to develop in us the ability to steward something great Amen. because nothing's worse than having a gift that you don't have the capacity to enjoy and God sometimes has to withhold or wait because he knows it'd be too big of a burden to give us Amen. you know so um I think I think that's powerful just learning to enjoy God and learning to seek him in the private and in due time that thing that he's placed in your heart to do he's going to use that as as a as an offering that other people can enjoy as well. So as a man who loves to serve, what do you like providing for people? I, I know we talked earlier about just kind of your, your heart and everything. I, I'd love to dig into that. So talk about that. Well, I feel like God's given me a heart that um, I have a lot of empathy. So when people are going through pain, I kind of like put myself in their situation and I feel their pain. And um, I've told a friend of mine that's a counselor, I go, I don't think I could ever be a counselor because 
as a counselor, you have to keep your composure and you have to like help them. But sometimes I'm the type of person that if you're hurting and you're crying, I'm going to be hurting. I'm going to be crying with you uh, because, but at the same time, I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to take your hurt. I'm going to take your pain. I'm going to be interceding for you because I want God to lift you up from that situation. I don't want you to stay in that situation. So he's given me that empathy to feel what you feel, but he's given it to me so I can intercede on your behalf and pray as if it's my problem. Because sometimes we don't pray for things as much as we pray. We don't pray for other people as much as we pray for our problems. But when we begin to pray about other people's needs, I've always learned that when you pray for other people's needs with all your heart, God will always take care of your needs. You don't have to worry about praying for yourself because God will take care of your needs when you're really concerned for his people. I think it's beautiful. I've, I've heard so many times you just kind of, you say hi to me at church and then you don't, I don't think you even know it, but you're prophesying to my identity when you encourage me. I think the gift of prophecy and the gift of encouragement comes so hand in hand where we learn to actually see God or see people according to the way God sees them. Amen. And there's something beautiful. I love it. Like you're saying you couldn't be a counselor because counselors have to kind of push people out of their pit. Right. Yeah. Um, um, I remember that I was reading a post that I posted, I think a few years back, but I said, uh, you know, mercy says um, your sins are forgiven, but grace says, get up, take up your mat and walk. Amen. And I think there's, uh, I think we need both. I think yes. we need people that say, listen, I'm going to cry with you. Uh, kind of like Job didn't have that. Sorry, Job. Um, but people that are going to cry with you, believe in you, but also people that are going to say, listen, I see, a, I see the future for you. And I think it's a lot greater than you can even perceive. And I, I think we need that. I, Cause there's times when like we're going through the Valley and it's almost like you can't see what's in front of you. All you can see is just a couple steps ahead. And I think we need people that can see into our destiny, see who we really are when we're going through trouble and just, you know, speak that out because there's something, you know, I think it just gives us the grace to keep moving forward. I think sometimes that you're right. I think it, it we have to, uh, what God's given me also a gift is to see the potential in people mm. that I don't see who they are right now, but I see who God called them to be. So I always tell them when I'm hurting with them, press on. Because through your praying, God is releasing an anointing over your life. It's kind of like the olives. They have to be pressed to extract the oil. Sometimes we have to go through difficult situations, but it's not to break you. It's to make you. Wow. So we need to keep pressing forward and allow. Because I've noticed that when you're going through the most difficult situations, your songs are sweeter. Your words are more tasteful. There's something that's so enticing about you. Because even in your pain, you're still trusting God. Man. So I, I know you said uh, you talked about kind of, you know, having a heart of grace and seeing people for where there's where what God sees for them, maybe not where they're at necessarily. Uh, talk to me about like uh, speaking the truth in love and, and how you like to engage with people like you don't just you don't just talk to people and, and just play around with them. And but but you actually you speak the truth as well. So, you know, how do you personally engage with that? Well, I mean, I like to speak truth completely because the Bible says that I tell them like this. We have to press on because God's got something big for you and you've got to move on. And I begin to speak to them the way God sees them. I also pray that they would see the way God sees them. But I feel like there's an example. You know, have you seen Lazarus when Jesus spoke Lazarus to come out of that? Lazarus resurrected to a new life, but he was still bound in that mummified uh, clothing that they would put on them. If somebody did not have the patience to unwrap them, they would have never continued breathing or living. Mm -hmm. 
And I feel like God's given us the patience to unwrap them, but he's also given us the ability to encourage them and motivate them to see themselves the way God sees them so they can press forward and move on. So sometimes we, we might think it's, a, it's very spiritual to say, hey, this is you. You're wearing grave clothes and all this stuff. And sometimes we as, as believers can be guilty of condemning people because we give an assessment. We're so good at giving an assessment of where they're not at and what's wrong with them. But sometimes we forget or we, we don't even see from God's perspective and say, what is the answers and uh, so maybe talk about, you know, that. What does it look like to be a believer and, and be so aware of truth, but not be overcome with judgment or condemnation, but actually to be able to see uh, a sort of grace that says, I see where you're at, but I also see where God wants you to be. be and I, I, I want to help you get to that, you know, that that messy process. Like it's not as easy as that. Well, I, I thank God because God has put people in my life that, that I've seen that because there was many times that I felt very discouraged and I could not see what the future held or what God had planned for my life. But he always puts strategically, he put people in my life who would encourage me and push me and motivate me and challenge me to go higher, to go deeper, to seek him. And I thank God for those people that he placed in my life because I feel like I am right now where I am because of these people who God put in my life. I feel like sometimes we as Christians need to stop looking at their current situation and start seeing people the way God sees them. I always believe that God does not determine your future based on your present. God sees a finished product. So maybe right now you're a complete mess. Maybe right now you feel like, God, you're not worthy of anything. But even in this state, God is still with you. And he says, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to throw you away. I'm not going to give up on you. I believe in you and I'm fighting for you. I want you to succeed. I've given you the tools to succeed. And we need to rise up and just take believe God for his word. And believe me, he will do what he promised. <laughs> That's amazing. I think that's so encouraging, especially, you know, there, there's been times when um, it just seems so difficult that it's it's hard to see that. But I, th I think it's beautiful, the gift of, of being able to encourage, you know, because God, you know, I've just noticed more and more that God is a vision caster and he, he really wants us to be encouraged to, to continue on and not give up, not grow weary, not grow faint. Um, but he loves to encourage. So I, I just see that as, you know, encouragement as a fruit of just of faith and it's it's not being like a fairy tale pretending mm -hmm. life or reality you know we talked about some pastors that were going that you know had some accusations and uh, one of them one of the pastors where it was true and you know like how, how do you engage with that you know when mm -hmm. someone's walking through that um so here's another question um what what do you hate in the world and what do you want to see eradicated mm -hmm. I hate, one of the most important things that I hate is when people mislead the people into deception. Uh, when they uh, switch the word of God or switch the truth of God for ideas of man. I believe that the word of God says that the word of God will last forever. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It will never change. The word of God is consistent. And I feel like we're living in a time when men are twisting the word of God just recently heard from somebody who said, I don't believe the word of God is the inspired word of God. I believe that it's men talking about God, but men who made mistakes. 
that is what you're trading in something very dangerous because I believe that the word of God is breathed and inspired by God the way God says. If we start to deviate from the word of God, we are going to experience horrible things because we need the truth of God because only the truth of God can set us free. That's so good. And I know you just spoke on it earlier, but even engaging with that, um, you know, how, how do you engage with someone that you know is obviously misleading the church or someone? How, how would you talk about them? Because I know, you know, David said, don't, you know, I won't dare touch God's anointed. And how do you engage with like people that you completely disagree with, but they're believers, you know, versus maybe someone who's so off the end that they're false <laughs> teachers and deceptive and stuff like that? How do you engage with that? Because I know they're in the same sense, like we can have a, a great desire and hatred for what is evil, but we can also fight the man-made war and start using weapons like, you know, of we start fighting fire with fire and we start creating division in the yeah. church and all kinds of stuff. I believe that the Bible says that our weapons are not carnal, but they're powerful in God for the destructions of strongholds. And I believe that the most powerful thing I can do is pray for people. And when I'm being very specific and I'm naming the person and, and speaking specifically against what they're, they're doing, let me just tell you, there's power in prayer and people underestimate the power. When I was 16 years old, I had just barely gotten saved. Uh, Madonna had just barely released a video that had been banned by MTV. But I didn't know that she's a daughter of a priest, uh, a minister. He's a Baptist minister and he'd spoken the truth. And she said, I was so mad at him that I didn't want to have nothing to do with God. So I ran away. Mm-hmm. So I remember that day I said, I'm going to pray for her at night when I would pray every night when I go to bed. I'm 16 years old. I just given my life to the Lord. So I wasn't very, uh, <laughs> well, so I, I remember that we, we ha- I have 12 siblings. So that day my family had left out of town and it was going to be the first time that we were all going to sleep in our separate rooms. And I had never experienced sleeping in a separate room before. But that night when I was in the room and I was sleeping in the master bedroom and I was so excited, I knelt down to pray and I was praying for Madonna. And when I was praying, I felt something come inside my room. So then I opened my eyes, but there was nobody. So then I started again, Lord, I pray for Madonna. And then I felt, I opened my eyes because I felt the presence stronger, but there was nobody in the room. So then I, I shook it off. I still was ignorant. I, I remember I, again, I said, Lord, I pray for Madonna. She knows the truth. I pray that that word would not come back void. And I started praying for her and I heard a horrible demonic voice that said, you don't pray for Madonna. When I heard that voice, I got up and I started running to my brothers. And <laughs> that night we slept all together. <laughs> but what I want to tell you is that, that I've matured from that. But what I want to tell you is that there is power in prayer. And the enemy knows that, that we can make a difference in the spiritual realm when we pray against the deceptions and the lies of the enemy. That's so good. You know, I, I think it's maturity when we're able to say, I, you know, there's people that are be, being led astray. And we're not, we're not the first people to be so easily accusing people but we're the first people to be there to 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 love and to pray for them and to believe for them because i you know one of the things and this isn't to discredit truth like keep truth at the forefront but keep relationship and and a love because i i believe that uh truth without grace is condemnation Mm -hmm. but when you have truth and love you actually give solutions for people and the world is looking for solutions. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're talking about, you know, false teachers in the world. And I think how we engage with false teachers in the church versus uh, people that are preaching it, you know, with a, with, you know, with a pure heart, but they may have it wrong. Mm-hmm. And then there's people in the world that also are living it wrong. So, I mean, there's, there's different categories mm-hmm. we're talking about here, but as far as with uh, people, you know, 
in the world that don't fully know the truth that are being led astray and whatever. Um, you know, if we're, if we're the people that are looking to serve and to love, love is what draws people. It's, it's an attractive force, but judgment and stuff like that, that's actually, that propels people away that it's repulsive. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think we should love the world. I think we should call out in truth, uh, false teachers. And, uh, as far as people that have a good heart, you know, I mean, there, there's, have a good heart, but maybe are, are speaking, you know, things out differently. I mean, it really depends on your relationship with them and how you're going to engage with that because it's so easy to blast it on social media, all these things, and just, you know, actually be contributor of the problem and really not the solution. So what you said was, was so good. I think it's, I think it's truth is learning to, to pray, to fight with weapons of spiritual warfare and really engage with God and see them the way God sees them. Because again, if you're just seeing them for their incomplete, uh, you know, play, place where they're at rather than, okay, what's God's heart for this person? I mean, you can always pray, you know, God silence them or whatever. But if you pray, God, I pray that they would come to a knowledge of you and, and grow in a love for you. You start to develop a love for people that you're called to reach. And unless you love them, you won't be able to reach them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we need, a, we need to start to engage in love and and in truth, I think that's so good. I'll, I need to stop talking and start asking you more questions. Um, but okay, so um, what is God showing you in this in this season? Um, yeah, what, what is God showing you in this season? Um, I've always uh, worked and I've always had a very successful career. Everywhere I go, God's used me to be a channel of blessing to my employer. And I've, I've been a blessing to the companies where I've worked at. Uh, just recently, I felt like God just told me that he was cutting my effectiveness in the work environment because he wants me all for himself. And uh, I have like a little over a month that I've been unemployed in. I'm very uncomfortable right now because it's a transition, but I'm learning to turn to God. And um, I, I kind of tell him everything because he already knows it. But I love speaking to him about my insecurities, my doubts, my fears. And uh, I feel like he's telling me that uh, if your earthly father's know how to do good deeds, how much more your heavenly father. And I feel like he's telling me that um, he reminds me that at the age of 16, when I was very overwhelmed, I had just lost my mom and I didn't know where my future was headed. He clearly told me, don't worry, your future's secure in me. And uh, in my life, he's always proven to me that when I'm seeking him and when I'm abiding in him, when I'm dwelling in him, he will always provide for me. He will always protect me. I will never have lack of anything. And I just have a lot of faith that I'm going into a new season. Maybe it's I'm scared. It's kind of like going into a roller coaster ride. Uh, it, you know it's going to be fun, but you're kind of scared because you don't know what to expect. It's the same thing with me. I feel like God's about to take me into a roller coaster ride, and I'm kind of scared because I don't know what to expect. But I know that he is completely trustworthy. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people here that are like, you know, I, I have a, an idea of where I'm supposed to go, but it's very, very foggy. And I, I'm, I'm not really sure how to engage with that. Um, so how have you personally kind of lived in peace amidst kind of uh, lack of maybe uh, seeing the full picture? I, th- I think I think it's an important skill to have to be able to, to do that. So tell me about that. I think one of the places that I found my refuge is in his presence. Whenever I feel overwhelmed, whenever I... Whenever I'm trying to find reasoning to things, I go to that place. I go to him. And when I'm in his presence and I begin to look at him and I fix my eyes on him, it just seems like everything else begins to dim out. 
and I overwhelmed with peace and confidence and assurance that he's with me, that he's going to work it out for my good, and that I can trust him, that he's faithful, he's trustworthy, he's reliable, that if he's calling me for something, I can make sure that he will not lead me to a dead end, that he's going to lead me somewhere where I'm going to be like a tree planted by the rivers that yields its fruit in its season, and everything that I will do will prosper in Jesus' name. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. I think that's so powerful, and I, I think that's a tool for all of us to learn is is how to really engage with God, and it's it's always in abiding with Him. Yes, you know, you know the the heart can go where the mind may not be able to follow, <laughs> and uh, sometimes we need to just ha be engaged in the heart, and God will continue to reveal His progressive His will to us as as we continue to seek Him. Um, so, last question: What does personal revival walked out look like for you? What is what is living a like a revivalist lifestyle look like? Well, you know what? I had my preconceived notions and I feel like the Lord just told me that I need to knock down those preconceived notions of what I think is a revival. And he said, he's doing a new thing. And that new thing that he's doing, I don't know it because if it's, if it's something new, that means I haven't seen it and I haven't experienced it. But I do believe that even today, as I was talking, I felt like God told me, I'm extending your territory. I'm extending your tents. Uh, there's something new that you haven't tasted that I want you to taste and I want you to see that I'm going to be good. I'm going to take you higher. I'm going to take you deeper. I'm going to take you to another level when you become less and you allow me to be greater in you. Uh, I feel like we haven't even tapped into the things that God wants to do. If we read the Bible, we see God doing amazing things. We saw how people were taken from one place to another place. We just, we saw miracles and we saw wonders. We read about them in the Bible, but have we really experienced them in our present day? And I don't think it's because God's changed. I think it's because we're lacking faith. So I just told God, whatever you need to do, whatever you need to, to, to do in me to make me be the person you want me to do. And I can tell that it's him doing it because this is kind of weird because it has nothing to do with me. It's, it's, he's the one drawing me to him. He's the one that's waking me up. He's the one that's putting this urgency to seek him. And it's him because he says, you know, it's he's such a good God. It's him, the one that's always pursuing us. It's him wanting to show himself to us. It's him wanting to do new things in us. It's him always, always him pursuing us so we can know it has nothing to do with us. It all has to do with him. Wow. So I, I think I think I can sum up what it looks like. It's him. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's always about him. And, and I think that's a great message for us to to know is that. Um, you know, even asking the question, what does revival look like? I think it always starts with him. It always starts with what is God doing? What is God looking for right now, yeah. right here now? And the thing that he did 30 years ago may not necessarily be what he's doing now. Mm -hmm. And we have to be sensitive. And I think, I think God wants to develop in us the ability to hear and not make, uh, structures and, and formats and, and construct a, uh, maybe like a, uh, Man a man-made kind of form and a structure around how to create revival. But I think he wants us to be sensitive to his voice because, because he has something to say. He's the word of God. He's not. I feel like so many of us are like the prophet Ezekiel when he had his feet all the way up to his knees or to his feet. And then he had it all the way to his waist and then all the way to his chest. And God told him, you need to dive deeper to the point that you no longer have control 
you're actually lost inside the water where you have no more power. You're letting God orchestrate it. You know that everything that's being done is Him. I remember one day uh, I was like 19 years old and I went to a church to preach in in uh, Dallas. And it was a huge church, I think over 2,000 people. And I preached the Word of God and I was real scared. I was young and I preached the Word of God. And I remember when I preached the Word of God, I finished preaching the Word of God and I'm not, I'm not the type of person that I don't know what to do afterwards. Just people that God uses them in altar call and uses them in so many ways. And I said, God, okay, I already preached your word that you told me to do. I don't know what else to do. I go, whatever you want done, you're going to have to do it because I don't know what to do. And I remember that I turned around. And when I turned around just to move or take a step, I felt like an electrocution from heaven just fell on me like a lightning bolt. And I jumped so high in front of the whole congregation. <laughs> it was getting embarrassing. But I don't, I, don't think, I don't know what happened or how. But I just know that when I jumped and I felt the electricity hit my body, I saw the whole church run to the altar and begin to cry out to God mm. like a chorus, powerful in worship, crying out to God. I didn't understand it, but God began to use me there powerfully in such a different level. And when the church was over, a lot of them came to me and they said, when we saw you jump, we saw demons flee. We saw something so powerful like we've never seen it before that we had no other choice but to run to the altar and glorify God. And I feel like that was just a glimpse of what's about to come. This is for anybody who's willing to trust God and believe God for great things. I think we all need an encounter with him. Yeah. I think that's that's the key. That's so amazing. So anyways, Leo, thank you so, so, so much. This was really fun. I loved getting to hear this and kind of extract the, <laughs> the amazing wisdom from you. Is there anything else you want to say to encourage the listeners? Or yeah. I just want to tell you, maybe if you're going through some difficult season right now and you don't understand why you're going through the season, and maybe you're struggling right now with something and you have a heart for God, but you've been struggling and it seems like this thing just doesn't leave you. And you feel like it's a besetting sin that just keeps uh, just keeps owning you and it has control over your life. And you've been crying out to God and you feel like your prayers aren't being heard, aren't being answered. I want you to just rise up in faith. I want you to get into the word. I need you to trust God with all your heart. God is so willing to help you and get you out of that situation. He's not going to give up on you. I feel right now in my spirit that there's a lot of people that are listening right now. And you feel like you've wanted to give up and you feel like God is not listening to you and God has given up on you. But I feel like God's saying right now, I will not give up on you. If there's anybody who wants you to succeed, if there's anybody who wants you to make it, it's me. If there's anyone that loves you more than me, he goes, I loved you so much that I died for you in Calvary. I gave my own life to bring salvation to you. Believe me, he loves you. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. He's fighting for you. You've got to do your part. Get up. Even when you don't feel like reading the word, read it. Even when you don't feel like praying, pray. You know, your emotions betray you. Don't listen to your emotions. When you don't know what to do, you got to continue doing good and you got to continue trusting God. So we bless you in Jesus' name. We bless you with peace of mind, with full assurance, and uh, just a deep, deep love and a worshiper's heart. So anyways, thank you so much again. And uh, we're actually going to hear from Leo here in this next segment, hear him uh, sing a song. So stay tuned. I'm excited for the new thing that God's going to do. Can you worship with me? In excitement, join us. Oh, there is a God who loves me. 
That is the place where I'm changed and that's where I belong. Take me to that place, Lord, to that secret place where I can be with you, and you can make me like you. Wrap me in your arms, wrap me in your arms, wrap me in your arms. We worship you, Lord. There is a God who loves. And he wraps me in his arms Who wraps me in his arms That's the place That is the place Where I'm Oh, wrap me in your arms, wrap me in your arms. 
listening to our episode on Fan the Flame Revival Network. If you are blessed by this, then please subscribe and join the community at fanthaflamerevivalnetwork.com. I pray that God would fill you with a deep knowledge of His love and that you would make Him your heart's desire. Stay tuned for more at Fan the Flame Revival Network, where revival becomes lifestyle.